There are a lot of great RPGs on the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. It's one of the great genres on one of the great systems out there. It's highly collectible. The system is highly collectible. And as a result, there are several very expensive RPGs out there for this system. Several very expensive. Not just a little bit expensive, a whole lot expensive, actually. And they're really popular. They all have really strong followings. They all have a very strong digital presence in terms of appearing on podcasts and YouTube videos and reviews. These are the ones that everybody's looking for at conventions. That if you stumble on at a garage sale, you got to make a YouTube video about it. That's Super Nintendo RPGs. Let's talk specifically about the obvious ones today. At another time, we'll talk about less obvious ones. But for right now, let's just talk the obvious ones. Final Fantasy 2 and 3, which in North America on the Super Nintendo are 2 and 3, but in Japan, or in the actual, I guess, structure of the Final Fantasy series. They're actually 4 and 6. 2 is 4. 3 is 6. We didn't get them all in America right away. These are tremendous games. Both of them are very good. 6 is probably the second, either the second most well-liked or the most well-liked in the series, right up there with 7. Four maybe not, maybe doesn't get that quite as much recognition, but it's still up there a very long ways. People like four. You know what? Let me rephrase that. People love four, and they adore six. If you're a Final Fantasy fan, that's typically how it goes. So these are great games. They are very very expensive. They're not as expensive as some of the other RPGs on this list, on this obvious list today. But they are very expensive. Very, very. That's too many varies. But they're not as expensive as the other RPGs on this list, to be fair. And they are very good. They've got a name brand to them, right? They've got Final Fantasy. They're made by Square. All very important factors in its price. They're a little more expensive than they actually are rare part of that expense comes from that name comes from the namesake the fact that they are Final Fantasy the fact that they are RPGs on the Super Nintendo they're a collectible genre on a collectible system they're very good they get a lot of hype so they're a little bit more expensive than they are rare fortunately for us there are other ways to play these games There's PlayStation 1 ports for both. I believe there are several virtual console... I I call them ports, excuse me. It's probably re-releases. There are several virtual console opportunities to play both these games. My favorite way, or my recommended way, would be the Game Boy Advance versions of both. I think these are the most refined versions of both these games to date. 
So get a game, get the Game Boy Advance copy of four and six copies of four and six. Plug them into your Game Boy player or into your DS XL, and enjoy what's probably the most refined versions of Final Fantasy four and six out there, in my opinion. You know what? That's not an opinion. It's actually a pretty, a pretty strong statement. They added good options. Everything still sounds and plays naturally and true to the original, but it gives you options to change things up, to shake things up. That's how a good re-release should be. If you're a diehard Final Fantasy fan, a diehard RPG fan, a diehard SNES fan, at the prices these cartridges are, you're probably just going to go buy one, buy the original cartridges and play them how they are originally intended to be played. And that's totally fine. Like I said, these aren't egregiously priced, I don't suppose. But if you're just looking to play these great games somewhere, I'm all about the Game Boy Advance versions. Far less expensive, very high quality. Add some new options, but hold the, hold the core gameplay true. How about Earthbound? It's quirky, it's weird, it's charming. It had a really high price point when it came out. I don't know what that price point was. I do believe it's because it came with a manual. Or it came with a strategy guide right off. Is that correct? Can someone confirm that? Is anybody out there even listening to me? Came with a manual when you bought it, I believe. Or a strategy guide, excuse me. So it's very expensive. Not really all that rare. It's expensive because it has a cult following. Because we realized later... As we turned from young teens into 20s and 30s veterans, we realized that we overlooked a game back when it was released, mostly because it wasn't innovative or awe-inspiring at the time. It's got fairly simple graphics and sound effects and music. Not that they're bad. They're all, they're all good. They all stand the test of time pretty well. But it was quirky. It's weird. We didn't give it a chance right out of the box. It was a little more expensive. And it wasn't innovative or exciting at the time didn't hold up well or didn't seem to stack up well against the competition on the store shelves. We didn't give it a chance. Now it's got kind of a cult following. We realize we made a mistake. It is a good game. The HP odometer in this particular turn-based RPG is one of my favorite turn-based add-ons, let's call it, period, ever. More so than any active time battle systems more so than any of the button-pressing Legend of the Dragoon Super Mario stuff. More than any of that, I love the HP odometer. It's tremendous, and a ton of people do. Overall, really not that rare. You see this game pop up a lot. It's expensive because of the sort of cult following, because of the great story. That's, that's the vast majority of the reasoning here. Honestly, not among the greater RPGs out there. Still very good. But let's not mistake weird or quirky or unique with good. It's, unique is exactly that. It's unique. It is fun. It is different. Nice to shake things up once in a while. This game definitely does that in a high-quality way. Doesn't necessarily merit the price tag. This is an opinion. There's a lot of people out there that feel that way. The price tag has gotten out of hand for the game that you're actually getting, for the rarity, 
and the quality of gameplay. The tough part is that it's not a very easy game to get a hold of in other ways. There's not really re-releases or anything like that. I think it came out on the Wii U Virtual Console. Could well be wrong. There might be a Virtual Console possibility out there. Otherwise, you're going to be buying repros and hacks. Not a lot of other ways to play it. But maybe not worth the price tag for any particular reason right now. Someday, the, the law of averages will, will come to town and level things out. Right now, probably not worth the price tag. Chrono Trigger. One that probably is uh, kind of worth the price tag. One of the most beloved RPGs, if not most beloved games of all time. It's turn-based. In a sense, it's got that active time battle system, I think is what it's called, that sort of Final Fantasy... Uh, I guess the, the, the battle system that became popular because of this game and Final Fantasy. Active time or active turn-based or something like that. Conditional turn-based, active turn-based. Those might actually be two different ones. Final Fantasy coined a few of them. Not the most beloved turn-based battle system out there. Beloved? Is it beloved or beloved? Huh. Not the most beloved turn-based battle system out there, but it is effective. And at the time, it was kind of new compared to static turn-based. Tremendous story, tremendous music, very strong graphics. Aesthetically, and for the story that you got, and for the, the multiple endings, the uniqueness of the story, it wasn't... It still has some RPG story tropes. Every RPG falls into a just a pit of story tropes. This one certainly has those. Absolutely, there's a princess, there's some saving the world, but it goes about it a lot differently. There's all the different endings. In terms of just a pure a pure story experience, Chrono Trigger deserves every bit of the praise it gets. It's fantastic. It does have an extremely high price tag, but it is actually pretty rare. And it is a very good game. Very good. Very rare. Very expensive. At least those things all kind of line up, right? You're not overpaying for something kind of based on cult status. So that's good. I would say that's good. And, fortunately, if you're not into that, there are other ways to play this game. Other good ones. Again, PlayStation 1, that version, gets mixed reception. The Final Fantasy versions on the PlayStation 1 2 also kind of mixed reception. Loading times, not not great re-releases, not a lot of additions or extras or anything like that. Just maybe a little bit cash-grabby feeling. But there are virtual console opportunities, and my favorite, the DS version of this game, is tremendous. Whatever I said about the Game Boy Advance versions of the Final Fantasy games, the exact same plus more holds true for Chrono Trigger on the DS. It is a re-release done exactly how all re-releases should be done. 
Lots of extra options. Some fun new things that you can play with to change up your game experience. But you can play the game in a state that is about as close to its natural original state as possible. Best part is, looks tremendous on the DS or if you have a 3DS XL, which is my preferred mode of playing this game. Absolutely tremendous. Far less expensive. Go grab the DS version of this game. Again, diehard collectors, obviously. Mate, or who wouldn't have an interest in owning the actual Super Nintendo cartridge? Sure. I don't blame you. But there are other games on this super obvious list that I think deserve a little more... a little more of your attention, so to speak, in terms of hunting and building up a great collection of good original titles. One of them, not one of them, the best, the most important one of them, the one game on this list that if you're going to go buy an original cart for an expensive Super Nintendo RPG, it is this game. And that is Super Mario RPG. Not just because it has Mario in the title. But this game does a lot of things right. First of all, it's very rare. It is very rare. It's not, number two, it's not as expensive as the other games on this list. It's on the lower tier of games on this list. Three, it is a very good game. It's probably never going to go down as a great RPG, but it's a very good RPG that does have Mario in the title. That is unique, but not quirky. It's unique in a way that appeals to everybody in the way that Mario just always seems to do. Always has done. So I think unique Earthbound. I think niche. I think smaller group. Even Final Fantasy. You have to like RPGs to like Final Fantasy. You probably don't have to love RPGs to reach out and say, I want to play Super Mario RPG Legend of Seven Stars. Is that what that is? Man, I think that's the name. I don't remember. Go buy this game on the cartridge. You know, I didn't even finish my reasons. Let's recap and finish my reasons. Expensive. Check. Well, sorry. Expensive, but not as expensive. Check. Rare. Check. Very good. Check. Mario in the title. Going to preserve some of that value for a very long time. Check. Literally like no other ways to play this game. Go look around on your virtual consoles for re-releases. Nothing. If you want to play this game, you've got to own the cartridge. Check. And inspired a great franchise. It's not technically the first game to the Paper Mario series. I don't think they're official sequels. But it inspired a tremendous franchise and yet still kind of stands out on its own. It appeals to everybody. It... I don't know. I can't say enough good things about this game. Don't confuse it with, a, with an amazing RPG. But it is, is it an amazing turn-based RPG with uh, that literally nearly half... Blah, 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 blah. You know what? I say literally way too much. i got to stop that. Almost anyone who has ever played a Mario game or an RPG, either one, and liked it, should probably get to try this game at least once. Or would at least have an interest in this game. Has a tremendous interest. 
So how this game's not more expensive is beyond me. Check. Am I still doing checks? Go buy this cartridge. Finally, I got one more. One more on the obvious list. Since we're talking obvious list. Secret of Mana. Not turn-based. This one is active. Active. I can't speak at all. This is an action RPG. It's top-down. But can have up to three players. This was the game's calling card. If Earthbound's quirkiness was its calling card and Super Mario RPG's Mario-ness was its calling card, this game is special because you can have three players in an action RPG, and that's super, super cool and pretty rare. Super rare at the time. It just didn't happen. It's pricey. It's pretty rare. I think it's a little more expensive than rare. It's hard to find anywhere else. You can play it on Apple and Android on your phones. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say don't do that. Uh, those are probably, no matter how good they are, and they may be good, they are not a good representation of the original game or the fun or nostalgia that should come with playing this game. So don't, don't do that unless you just happen to like mobile games. And if you do, good. Good for you. Then go do it. But Secret of Mana is a tough one because I also have never felt that it is an extremely good RPG. It's good. There's certainly nothing wrong with it. It's got a nice story, kind of cliche, but it's fine. Everything works. I think it gets overvalued because it has the multiplayer element. Whereas right now, if I sit down and play it, like, what are the chances that my wife's going to sit down and play this with me? But some people would have the opportunity to sit down and play this old school as it was meant to be played with their buddies. But I think that overvalues it a little bit, much like the quirkiness of Earthbound overvalues it. I don't overvalues isn't the right word. Maybe inflates its value. That's a better way to word it. Inflates its value. It's tough, though, because my brain says you probably shouldn't pay for this one what's being asked for it. Unless it's you and two other people who loved it as young people want to play it again together now. Or if you, again, if you're just a diehard SNES guy or a diehard RPG guy or both, sure, you're going to go find this card by all means. It's a staple to have in the collection. It's an obvious one, right? But compared to some of the other stuff out there, I think it's a little, just a hair overrated as a game. And it is a little more expensive than it actually is rare. So if you buy this game, you're, you're probably overpaying a little bit sort of inherently. Relatively to what you could have, you're overpaying a little bit. Still a very good game. You know, a great game even. Don't, don't take that the wrong way. Same with Earthbound. It's not that I'm bashing the game just that does one or two sort of unique factors have these inflated the value of these games more than they actually deserve shed some extra positive light on them maybe it's a pretty 
pretty subjective conversation, but so is most of this. Anyway, secret of mana. Mana? Mana? Mana. I don't know. Solid game. Probably not high on my priority list of games to get, games to buy in their original form. I think that's the most obvious set of Super Nintendo RPGs. There's so many, there are so many other RPGs on that list that we could talk about on the entire list in that library that we could and should talk about, and I look forward to doing so. Those are the obvious ones for the time being. In the meantime, catch y'all later. You have a good one.